Welcome to the 5511 Podcast, inspiring stories of God's power being poured out globally in the lives of ordinary people. Hosted by Dirk Smith and Brooke Kell. This podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. Welcome to 5511, Season 3, Episode 1. We are excited to have you back, and uh, we are excited about this program. Our first episode, we have a very special guest, Andy Corley, who is CEO with Prison Fellowship International, PFI, who is a partner of EEM and um, a newly entered in partnership arrangement. So looking forward to visiting with Andy, finding out a little bit more about him and talking about uh, what PFI does and just some of the relationship with EEM and PFI. Andy, welcome to the program. Glad to have you on 5511. Thank you, Dirk, and Happy New Year to everybody who's listening. Great to be with you today. Yeah, we're so happy to have you today, Andy. Thank you for joining us. I just want to jump right in and ask you to tell our audience a little bit about your history and kind of what your bio would be for a new group of people learning about you for the first time. Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a husband, a father, and a grandfather now to two great grandkids um, who we love dearly. Um, I came to PFI by a very circuitous route, which was that I started out my life as a geologist and entered in the commercial world worked my way out of geology eventually into running P&L businesses for large global um, construction materials companies, then moved and switched streams into a completely different sector, into cleaning chemicals and into infection control products. And it was as a result of that that I ended up being on the board of PFI as a businessman invited to join the board of PFI in 2010 and really found my tribe at that point. Uh, and I just loved the sense of global mission and camaraderie that existed within PFI, but also the opportunity for very effective kingdom work to be done, um, which of course is mandated by uh, the Lord Jesus himself and through the scriptures. So just got very passionate about all of that. Sold my shareholding in the business that we had built um, about six years ago now. And at the same time, PFI were looking for a new CEO and president. So I stepped off the board. They did a global search. And I was very privileged to be appointed as CEO and president, um, which is just been a, a great uh, and wonderful journey. Yeah. I, one of the things I like about PFI is the fact that you're at the helm and you don't have a theology degree. Nothing against theologians. Love them. I think there's a great place for them. But that's the one thing that we have in common at EEM. I've got an MBA. I've got a business background. And uh, our, our president does as well. And it's, it, it is a business. And I love the fact that in all of my meetings that I've had with, and I've really enjoyed in meeting your exceptional team, many of them, and have just been very impressed with the business acumen that is there. Uh, a group of people that recognize, hey, this is, this is God's ministry. There's no question this is God's ministry. But 
we're called as business men, women, business professionals to run it in an efficient manner in a, as a business, because that's what it is. So I, I really, I do appreciate that. It was one of the things that, uh, I, I liked right up front when I started looking at PFI, when it came, came to the table, Hey, there's a possible partnership here with PFI. So, uh, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I was recently in your, your beautiful country and, uh, went to uh, the Cotswolds. Now you live in uh and I'm going and I'm going to say it wrong. Derbyshire. You did say it wrong, that's right. It's Derbyshire. Yes. Derbyshire. <laughs> so which is uh so I was in the Cotswolds so Derbyshire is what? About two and a half hours north if I'm right. Is that right? Something like that's that. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Derbyshire yeah. for your uh, for your listeners is where the industrial revolution began. So really? this is a very historic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually just five miles away from where I, uh, where I live with uh, my wife, Andrea, is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which runs up a valley, which is where the Industrial Revolution was born. Uh, so very we get a lot of American visitors coming to see that. And then right at the top of the valley is one of our best stately homes which wherever I go in the world, when I say, do you know Chatsworth House, um, oh. which is a stunning stately home, people people know it, which is great. Ah, we take a that's lot of where it is. It. Okay, yeah, so that's very is. close. That's very close to you. Okay. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you, just uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I rarely get, I get to Eastern Europe and I'm traveling to, you know, Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia, Croatia. I go through Heathrow, but I never get to get off the plane and just go see England. So this last year was quite the treat, and I uh, I decided to take seven days. I was seven days in the Cotswolds, and then three days in London, and just it, it was it was nice, honestly, to be someplace where I didn't have to have a translator. Although at times I felt like I did, I needed one because uh, there was, there were things said that I had to look to the people I was with and say, okay, I think this is what was said. Help me make sure I'm I'm understanding this. But uh, yeah, it's a beautiful well, country. You know, Winston Churchill, I think, said that between us and the United States, we are two nations divided by a common language. <laughs> and uh, it's I so think true. That, that is very true. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. So so true. <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited to have you. Uh, on the program, just get to know you uh, with with PFI. One of the things, again, I'm thrilled about this relationship because I just believe so wholeheartedly in what you all do. I think it's a, a fantastic work, so needed, and it just goes right in line with us. I mean, our our tagline, the Bible, we want everyone to get it, and that's that's what you're doing. You want to get the gospel in the hands of, of prisoners, and and recognize that the gospel with its transformative power. It, the spirit's going to do the work on the hearts mm -hmm. and on the lives. Uh, but you are stepping into that gap and you're stepping into that space to help push that forward and get that in their hands with, with all the opportunities that are ahead of you this year. And again, I've heard lots of great things from PFI and I know you've got a lot of things on the table. What are you most excited about that you're looking ahead at in 2024 and maybe even on beyond that as you as you've done strategic planning opportunity i think dirk has never been bigger than it currently is I, I, as 
we've worked very hard on on understanding what particular role PFI plays within the global family of, of Prison Fellowship National Ministries, each of which is uh, we're, we're in 123 countries, cross-cultural, multi-ethnic, cross-confessional, so a true family with real diversity in it. Um, our mission is to transform the lives of prisoners, their families and victims through a global network of ministry partners, which means that what we're really looking for is we're looking for transformation in the lives of individuals because there's a big beating heart of uh, devoted, passionate people in all of those areas that you just uh, talked about. But we're looking for outcomes in individual lives, which is so, so important. But we're also looking for outcomes in transformation of national ministries as well, because that's the future of prison ministry going forward. Mm. And what I'm really excited about is that on both fronts, we have a really wonderful story by the grace of God to tell. Lots and lots of meaningful, really meaningful interventions in people's lives, not, not in the ones and twos, but in the hundreds of thousands of men and women that are graduating our in-prison programs, tens of thousands of families and children that are being supported. Mm -hmm. But then the national ministries themselves um, were able to help them in their own capacity building, uh, which effectively positions them for greater work in the in the future. These are amazing people in some very, very challenging circumstances, mobilizing through those national ministries, about 60,000 volunteers around the world. So it's a big, it's a big distribution network of kingdom good is how I would describe it around mm -hmm. the world. And I'm just really excited because the doors couldn't be wider open in front of us. We've earned our stripes, I believe. We're a trusted partner by many prison authorities around the world. And so our issue is not getting through the gate so much as how fast we can actually, um, you know, how fast we can travel and how much we can actually accomplish because th there's definitely huge opportunity and desire for us to do that. Yeah, that is, that is the challenge. I get it. And uh, we were thrilled to come alongside and that's really the way we view our, our ministry is really a come alongside ministry. I was, I'll never forget the early on conversation. I think it was with Ray and uh, she was mentioning the, the success of the PFI program with scripture engagement. I mean, you guys had actually tracked that and said, when there is scripture engagement, here's the outcome. And it was off. I mean, off the charts, just skyrocketed. And I thought, man, this is a hand in glove relationship. I mean, we publish, print, and distribute Bibles, and we work in the nations that that you work in. This is this is exactly the come alongside relationship that we're looking for, and it's it's been very exciting to look at the different programs and recognize that's it. It's God's word. You get God's word in people's hands. You let the the transformation take place in the heart, and if we can if we can come alongside a ministry like. PFI and the work that's being done there, the the recidivism rate is going to drop significantly. You're going to see less people going back into prison, which makes for 
exactly what we're called to be as yeah. as disciples of Jesus is to you know to step into those uncomfortable places. Absolutely, and and I think I, I love your phrasing there, Dirk. Come, I come alongside ministry because that does really define for us exactly what we want in our strategic plan and in our our mission, which is when we figured out that we have a role at PFI to play in being a global accelerator or a global uh, uh, catalyst, uh, given the huge distribution network which our national ministries represent and a very willing distribution network at that, what we're really looking for is those come alongside ministries that enable both organizations to step through an open door. And I think that is such an exciting opportunity for us is to work alongside organizations like your own. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. You need the access and the distribution network. So we get our heads together and figure out how we're going to do this. And it just becomes a a win-win, a a kingdom win-win. Absolutely. It's it's great. Everybody loves it. Yeah. And and it it truly, for me, Andy, it puts forth what we all should be saying, and that, and you hear the saying, but unfortunately, as I have gotten into nonprofit work, and this is about my twentieth, about my twentieth year um, in in nonprofit, people will use the phrase and say, "There's no competition amongst lighthouses," but yet I've found sometimes they don't really believe that, and they want to put them felt themselves forward, and I think, and this is all for God. This is His work, yeah, and. And man, if we can step into this with PFI, here's a great organization. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Let's let them do what they do best and we'll do what we do best. And it'll prevent them from having to go out and buy Bibles and materials. We can provide them because that's what we do best. And then that lets you all step into what you do. So it's a it's a very, very good partnership. I'm excited about uh, the different nations that we've got listed uh, where you're you're doing work and and honestly as we've looked at and we've done a, a five-year strategic plan with you all looking at the at the growth over the next five years uh, of course what I'm I'm anxious to hear are the stories I love to hear the life stories yeah. uh that they just never cease to amaze me to hear how God transforms a life. And you just sit back and and it makes you say, man, we worship a God who not can do more than we ask or imagine. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's just asking us if we want to come along, if we want to, if we want to join him. That's right. And, and, you know, it's not only the stories, but then how, when, how God transforms lives and then moves people into places that they could never imagine themselves being in having formerly been incarcerated we have a number of national ministry leaders that were formerly in prison and we love that because that is just you know that's true transformation but many of our volunteers have also spent time inside and just god places in their hearts i mean imagine that you spend a significant period of your time in prison, and then you get out, you're enjoying your freedom, uh, and the very thing that you want to do is to go back 
inside prison because of your own experience and share mm. the good news of Jesus who has transformed their lives and now they want to share that. I mean, we just have a ton of stories uh, of, of that type, too many, obviously, for, for this program. But, you know, the, I've got a couple that I'd just love to share with you. One, one is a gentleman who I met in Andola, Zambia, called Bernard. And Bernard had basically graduated every program in prison that we were offering in Zambia. And uh, he very proudly came to me with all the certificates. We, we celebrate the graduation from our discipleship and evangelism programs. We call them graduations for a very good reason. And, and in almost all cases, when they graduate a program, they'll get a certificate and they'll get a copy of the scriptures, which is where EEM comes in. And we love that model because it's honoring them Bernard brought all these certificates out uh, to show me uh, as evidence of what he, how he'd used his time when he'd been in prison. And my name is always on those certificates. But for some reason, and this was very unusual, it had not been signed. So I was able to say, Bernard, this is me, and was able to sign it there. Somebody had a pen. I mean, we were in rural Zambia. I was able to uh, sign it with him and celebrate what had happened in his own life. He'd been inside for five years. What was wonderful was that at the same time as him graduating those programs in prison, he we had looked after his family of five and he very proudly displayed his kids. Um, we'd had them in our Children of Prisoners program and they were all doing really well. What was even more beautiful was to hear him then say, I now live to do two things. One is to take care of my family, and I'm, and he was doing that through sustainable gardening uh, that we were helping him, that PF Zambia was helping him with. Uh, but secondly, he was now offering himself as a volunteer back in the prisons for the programs that he had graduated from. Uh, we got a beautiful video of that, um, but I'll never forget that interaction with Bernard just because it was so real. Uh, mm. He was a family that had them, not just the father that had um, kind of come through his incarceration in a way that was completely transformational for him, but also for his family as well. Just very, very beautiful. And like I say, we, we've just got so many stories of that kind, but that one was that's a special fantastic. one for me. Yeah, yeah that's really fantastic. Just the story of redemption, reconciliation, redemption. That's that's it. I mean, that's the gospel. And nowhere played out any more visibly than in the work that you're involved in. And that's, you know, in all of our lives, we that that's the that's the power of the gospel is that it doesn't rely on me. And his grace is there. And and I look back on on my life. We all can look back on our lives and say, mm, man, I'm glad. I'm so thankful for God's grace but so visible in their lives. And, you know, it, it's very biblical to whom much, you know, who's forgiven, great, they're going to forgive. I mean, they're, they're going to have that power, that feeling of forgiveness and reconciliation and that, and that come alongside attitude of PFI to say, hey, you got this, you can do this, you know, and, and we're going to help you through this process. So, 
yeah, the partners that you are developing, the discipleship that's happening is is fantastic. Well, Psalm 68 gives us a real window into the character of God. It, it talks about God in his holy habitation, his defender of the widow and father to the fatherless. It's given us an insight into what God is like. My, my own translation of that in his holy habitation is God, when he is at home, is defender of the widow, father to the fatherless. He places the lonely in families. He leads the prisoner to prosperity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. what what I love about this, and it's what attracted me to PFI in the first instance, was we should not be surprised that this mission is so close to the heart of God. The first time Jesus stands up in his in a synagogue and That's announces a- his kingdom mandate, he arguably mentions the prisoner twice. Now, I, I, I'm all for every interpretation that we can get out of that, whether it's a spiritual interpretation, because we're all prisoners of one type or another. But right. I absolutely, given the way that he bookends his ministry as well, when he says, when I was in prison, you came to me, I cannot believe that it excludes prisoners who are genuine prisoners, not just the prisoners that we all are until we get set free. So for us, this is a ministry that really is close to the character and the heart of God and teaches us something that we all benefit from, which is the astounding, unconditional love and grace of God. Mm. And, and, And the prisoner represents that um to us somebody once said that um you know basically the prisoner is jesus in disguise and that's our that's really something to think about and i i am so privileged to get to meet these men and women uh you know i often say that we don't take jesus into the prisons we just follow him in and we meet him there oh amen amen yeah i I've said forever, and I, I, that same passage, I, I'm, I've always been struck by the fact that Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he's handed Isaiah the scroll, but he knows where he's going. He knows exactly where he's going because scripture tells us he finds. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim and release the captives, prisoners, and recovery of yeah. sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the yeah. Lord's favor. And then what does he stop? Of course, when he quotes Isaiah there, what does he stop? He stops the vengeance. They were looking for an earthly king to come back and, man, be that powerhouse. Let's... And he stops there. He leaves that part off, and it's let's take care of them. Let's take care of the people, and here's who we're taking care of. That's great, Dirk. It's true. And if I could add to that as well, a story that we will all know really well, which is when Jesus goes across the Sea of Galilee, he gets his disciples in a boat, and he says, we're, we're going to the other side. And what happens on that journey, as we well know, we, we, we all know this story really, really well which is that the wind and the waves arose, the disciples get freaked out by it, and Jesus is asleep, 
Um, and I'd always been taught, and it's a good lesson, no, no problem with this at all, that the point of that story is Jesus's mastery over the elements. Of course, that's absolutely true, and, and thank, thank God for it. But you know, the reason that they were going to the other side of the lake was because there was a man on the other side that we know as the demon-possessed man of Gadara, who is very clear was a prisoner. He had guards and he was in chains. There was a purpose to that journey. And, and I think that that is really interesting to for us to contemplate that getting across, the, the reason that that was happening in the first instance was Jesus knew that there was somebody who needed to be set free who was a prisoner, a physical prisoner. But then that man, when his life, when, when Jesus sorts him out, in the most most dramatic way, you'll recall he wants to um, follow Jesus. He wants to become one of his disciples. And Jesus says, no, you got to go back to your home community. That's what I want you to do. Go back to your family, go back to your community and be transformational light there. That's the vision that yeah. we, I think all of us, whether it's PFI, whether it's our national ministries or whether it's the, hundreds of other amazing organizations that are working in this space because there's we're in competition with nobody i love your analogy of the the lighthouses we, we all have a part to play in this kind of thing but we have so many stories of men and women as well that go back into their communities and from that point on their lives are changed and they're just ambassadors of christ and ambassadors of his of his kingdom it's it it worked back then and it's still working today yeah yeah that's exactly right it it worked back then and that's the model that he set up i mean that's what he established he said and this is the way it's going to work i mean you see you see the woman the woman at the well she's the first evangelist that goes into her yeah. community he sends her and says you know go you know leave your life of sin you know but i don't condemn you she goes in and she starts talking about Jesus, man. There's this guy, he's got to be the Messiah, you know, come see him, you know? And so we see her, her interaction and they, they believe because of what she says, but then they want to find out on their own. Well, isn't that our, our journey? I'm going to believe because somebody presents Jesus to me and it pricks my heart to then I want to find out on my own. I want to dig. And that's what we're getting to partner in. You guys are in there side by side. We're able to provide the Bibles in these areas to help them to dig. And as they open up the scriptures, their lives begin being transformed by the power of the Spirit. And now there's other disciples who are going to go out into their communities, to use your terminology, which I think is just so spot on, to go into their communities because you think about their communities. Who's best to talk to their community? Them. That's why, and I love the fact that you work with indigenous people. We do the same thing. We don't have printing presses. We put their people to work. So when we're when we're distributing in Ukraine, we're printing in Ukraine. You know, we we put their people to work, and we work with the indigenous people. Who better to go in and open doors than the people who live in that community? Uh, they're they're going to be the ones that open the doors. Absolutely, and and that's. You know that's a biblical model in its own right as well, isn't it? You got to we got to trust the story and the one whose story it is, and secondly, we got to trust the model, which is that 
when the Holy Spirit lives within a person or persons in community, then actually in so many ways that is better. Um, trusting that process, which is God in them, in their own contexts, is the model that has become the one that we have adopted. It's why the capacity building is so important to us because actually what we're trying to do is put breeze behind our brothers and sisters backs mm. we're not trying to um uh, we're trying to put an arm around their shoulder and assist them in their god-given calling we're not trying to do this for them we're in in the same way that you're in partnership with us we're in partnership with them because we believe that that is the right way going forward that's how we all grow uh, is when we're kind of working together in this amazing community which has a has a king and a savior over it isn't it magnificent that uh man we're part of such a huge kingdom andy it's massive it's massive yep. i mean here here we are in america you're in england and there's there's a massive globe that has one king and what an honor, a humbling privilege and honor it is to share the message of that king wherever we go, to be able to carry that torch. Yeah, it's to me, that's a that is a huge responsibility. I people look at me and they say, Man, you travel a lot. You're gone a lot. How do you do this? And I'm and I tell people for the first time in my life, I don't have a job. I mean, I just don't have a job. It's it's a calling. I mean, I I I have to. Uh, when I, when we get these requests from people and you mentioned this earlier, you know, the challenges, we've got some of the same challenges is how do we get to all the requests? I mean, our requests, our distribution rose 28% last year in one year. Well, as you all know, when you're an organization that you don't sell anything, you don't have revenue. I mean, that's a challenge, but we're just reminded over and over by God that this is not about us. It's not about what we're doing. It's his because he provides. He provides the funds. And we we saw the income come in last year as it was needed, you know, to open these doors. But it's it it is uh it's staggering, humbling, exciting to see the desire for God's word in so many places. And coming alongside you all has opened up another great great opportunity and, and just an exciting one for us. So it's, it's fun to, to be a part of this with you all. I've been so excited to hear about this partnership because for me, it's tied to just how the Lord wants to expand our vision for what he wants to do. And I see that with your work too, and with PFI, and I can't think of a better organization that represents the type of heart that we want to partner with. Like you spoke to um, a heart that's close to the heart of God. And there's just so many, all of these stories. I know it's probably the same for you, but we get, we have the privilege to hear these stories all the time that I feel like it has no, done so much for my faith personally. And I was just curious about how this being a part of this ministry has impacted you personally, being able to be kind of on the front lines of hearing all of these encouraging stories that we have an honor to tell and share about the transformation going on. Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I, I, I do believe 
that that working in this role alongside prisoners, families, victims has changed me more than I, I think that I have been able to contribute, uh, partly because of the people that I've met and the ways that my own vision has been expanded in exactly the way that Dirk was talking about. We serve a God who is, you know, this is his universe. He is the king yeah. over this universe. And I, we get a front line in the work that we're able to do. We get a front line um, seat at some amazing things that God is doing in our day. That would be number one. Number two is just hanging around passionate people. Um, I often say that PFI members and our volunteers, we're like the happiest people on the planet. Um, I mean, and it's very tough. It's a tough area to serve in, but there's a joy about it. And I do think that's because we are encountering the image of God in people that are very quickly written off by society and sometimes by others. Yes. Um, and oh, that's yeah. changed me as well. And then the third area, I think, would just be this expanded understanding of who God is and mm. his character and his passion for, a, it's kind of a no person left behind policy um which yeah. I, I do think prison ministry represents a it's one of the expressions of that that he leads the prisoner to prosperity those that everybody else has written off god says not not in my book um right. and we're, we're kind of mandated to as followers of christ to do something about those communities you know the matthew 25 communities um I, be, I I just think that I have grown by the grace of God more than I have contributed. And, and that's, uh, um, you know, I'm grateful for that. I, I can't say it any other way. And, and one last thing, which was provoked by an earlier comment through this podcast to your listeners today, many of whom I'm sure will be uh, patrons I'd just like to say a massive thank you um, because we can't do our work effectively. We are the downstream recipients of the blessing that they have been to EEM. EEM in turn is being a blessing to us. And at the end of it is a kind of unreached people group that lies close to the heart of God. And, and I'd just like to say a massive thank you to your donors and the people who are listening because you know you may never meet these people at least not yet uh, but they really exist and um you know they are yeah. they're very real people and their lives are getting uh, transformed in the same way that our lives have been transformed by by the you know jesus as the living word and through his written word and um, that's what's happened to us and that's what's happening to hundreds of thousands of men and women in the prisons of, of the world. Mm, amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I say to our team all the time, 
you know, guys, man, this isn't about us. This is about God. But we're being invited in to have a front row seat, to use your terminology. I've said that same thing. We get a front row seat mm -hmm. to see this the great work that he's doing. And and it is, even for you all, for us, for our donors, for the people who are involved in EEM, the beautiful thing about this ministry, and I think the same for PFI, is oftentimes you'll never know. You're planting a seed. You'll never know. And I think that's exactly the way God intends for that to happen. You know, when he, I share with people that we're in the parable of the sower business. We just need help buying seed. But when Jesus tells that parable, as we all, I just, of course, I'm, I'm so in love with Jesus. I'm in love with his, just his master storytelling, the absolute master storyteller. And when he tells a story, it's never by, everything is intentional. Every piece of it is very intentional. And when he tells that parable, he says very little about the sower. I mean, that's the one character in that parable that gets the least attention. All he says is, he went out and sowed the seed. That's all he was required to do. Just sow the seed and leave it alone. I'll do the rest. I've got this. And, and that's where, you know, we help provide the seed. You guys are sowing it. Other people are watering. God's causing that increase. And the beautiful thing is we can never, Andy Corley, all of PFI, Dirk Smith, Brooke Kell, all of EEM can never pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, look what we did. No, no, no. Everything that happens says loud and clear, look what God is doing. Look at this amazing God that we serve and just fall in, in awe. Just hit your knees in awe of, of what he's doing. And when you see it happen in the lives of people, I love some of your terminology, the, the people that the world says they're 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 not worth it. Don't waste your time. I mean, some people would actually go to scripture and say, "Don't throw your pearls before swine." Are you kidding me? Look at that scripture. Jesus is talking about just the opposite. He's telling us those are the people you go serve. He was saying that about the Pharisees. <laughs> you know, so it's it's um it's that type of ministry that I think is so near and dear to the heart of Jesus. From day one, he said, these are my people. Those are my people. Go love them. And yeah, it's going to be messy. You better believe it's going to be messy because people are messy. Lives are messy. But get in there, roll your sleeves yeah. up and get to work. Um, so, man, and I, I just appreciate you all and I appreciate your leadership. I I just want to tell you thank you because yeah. I know and, and having gone through this myself, it's a decision to leave secular, you know, to leave for-profit business. There's a lot of fun that comes with that building. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a builder, kind of that, that mindset as well. It's, it's fun to take something and grow it. And, and, uh, so to follow your, you know, what God put in your heart and to follow that nudge by the spirit to say, okay, not only am, am I going to get on this board, am I going to get to know this organization, but then when the opportunity arose, you didn't have to do what you did. I, I mean, as you tell your story, there are a lot of decisions in there. And those were decisions that you and your lovely bride, I guarantee, was right by your side in those decisions saying, yeah, this is good. Let's go ahead. Sell your shares. Let's get out of this. And when the tap on the shoulder came, hey, Andy, would you consider you know, being the CEO of PFI? I want to say 
I admire and respect and really appreciate someone with your acumen, your business acumen, stepping into an organization like that and saying, yes, I'm going to continue to glorify God. You were glorifying God before. And obviously our donors that are, that are listening, man, we, people who have the gift to make money are, are a huge blessing. If they recognize that it's really not theirs. Um, so much good can be done with it, but I, I appreciate you stepping into that, to that space. It's uh cause I know that's a big decision. Well, I, I really appreciate that Dirk. And uh, genuinely I do. Thank you. Um, we're, we're really grateful to be in partnership with you guys. Um, thank you for your compliments about our team as well. They're, they are the most wonderful people. There is no doubt in my mind that I have been blessed far more than I deserve. Um, so, and it's a, it, it's just a genuine privilege to, um, you know, be in the role that I am at, at PFI and to have those wonderful people allow me to lead them uh, is, is just great. So thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I, I can echo that statement. I feel that on a regular basis. I, I look at our team. I look at our team here in the U S I look at our team in Europe and I, if I had any question this that this was God's ministry, all I have to do is look at our team and go, only God could pull this team together because it is it is an amazing group of people. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon for you, this morning for us, and uh, really appreciate. It. I could have I could continue this conversation and and uh, may get back over there next year, probably be in September. I might uh, might come your way, so I might give you a, a holler and see if you're you're in country and uh, maybe we could get together. I would look forward to it, Dirk. And uh, maybe if there's an opportunity at, at some point to do a revisit on this and report on our partnership together at some point down the line, that would be great too, because one of the great things is sharing the stories and the kind of uh, testimony of, of impact that we're, we will be able to, achieve together. So uh, that would be a privilege. Yeah, I would love to do that. In fact, uh, that's kind of a, it's kind of a standard question to ask. We'd love to have you back on. So you, you covered that for me. So yeah, I would love to revisit towards the end of the year, even, you know, maybe uh fourth quarter of the year, have you, have you back on and say, Hey, let's talk about some stories. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the deliveries that have taken place and where they've gone and, and uh, get some mm -hmm. stories. So well, thank you again, brother. Appreciate you very yeah, much. Thank you so much. Look forward to our ongoing relationship. Thank you, Dirk. Thanks, Brooke. Really appreciate it. All right. And for all of our listeners, if uh, you haven't subscribed, hit that little button, subscribe. That way, when a new episode comes out, you'll be alerted. And give us a rating, a review. We'd love to hear your comments, whether they're good or bad. Just be honest with us. Tell us what you think. And thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the 5511 Podcast, hosted by Dirk Smith and Brooke Kell. It's edited by David Wilkinson. The 5511 Podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. To learn more about how you can partner with EEM, go to eem.org. And we'll leave a link for you in the show notes. We'd also love for you to rate, review, and subscribe 
And of course, we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. We'll be dropping a new episode the first Tuesday of every month.